Heavenly Father, we thank you for all that you continue to do for us. We thank you and we praise you because you are good. You are mighty and you are awesome, Lord. We thank you because you are consistent. You are faithful to us despite our circumstances, despite the life that we live, Lord, despite our trials, our triumphs, you are consistent. You are the one thing in this world that we can count on. You are our anchor during the storm. You are our solid ground. And Father, we just thank you for who you are to us, Lord, not just for what you do, but for who you are. Lord, we lift up this Bible study in your hands on tonight. Father, we pray that you would bless us through our teacher, Lord. We pray for Veruva tonight. And Father, we pray, Lord, that you would use her on tonight, that you would help her tonight, God, give her the confidence and the boldness that she needs, Lord, so that she can profess your word with power and authority. Lord, we thank you for the work that you are doing in her life. We give you praise. We give you glory because we know that this is only the beginning. Father, we pray that you would increase your wisdom in her, increase your knowledge and your revelation, God, that you would help her to make room for all that you have in store for her. And Father, we just pray that our hearts will be fertile ground on tonight, God, that we would be good stewards of the word that you are going to release on tonight so that we can take the revelation that you have for us and run with it, Lord, that we'll be able to multiply it and use it to keep growing and to keep growing deeper in you, Lord, that we would not allow the word to go to waste in us, Lord, but that we would take it and run with power, Lord. We thank you for the word, for the revelation that is consistent within the conservatory. And we pray to you, not because we're worthy, but in Jesus' precious name we pray, amen. And without further ado, um, we're going to pass it over to uh, Varuva, who's going to share with us on tonight. Good evening, everyone. Um, it is great to be here. I'm great, grateful to be before you this evening. And thank you, Sam, for the prayer. Thank you for the uplifting. Thank you for the words of encouragement. And um, also, thank you. Um, I Appreciate Apostle Johnson and the Conservatory for entrusting me um, to be before you this evening to um, to speak. Good evening, everyone. Hello, hello, hello. So tonight, I want to um, speak with you and bring a one of uh, my favorite stories um, from the Bible, and I just wanted to touch on it a, um, a little bit that it flows within the um, teachings that we've been receiving for the past few weeks in um, family matters um, and healing and, um, and also about, you know, community and forgiveness. So um, the story that I'm speaking of is the story of Joseph and Joseph's story is told in Genesis. And I'm speaking of um, Joseph, the son of Jacob and Rachel. And so this, um, the story, as I, I read through it, it has um, issues, it, ex, it has ex issues of family matters and it, there's discord and trauma, but there's also um, forgiveness, there's maturity, there's healing and reconciliation within this story. 
And I had not really um, realized that until I took a closer look. And, and um, I believe that, you know, we've learned in conservatory that when you read over the word, you may have read it before, but sometimes you get a different revelation when you read it a different time. And then you read it even more times and you may get a different revelation as well. So I wanted to, um, to bring to you this evening some notes that I took or some things that I saw throughout this story um, and focus more on the, the healing and forgiveness that uh, took place. So um, in the beginning of the story, I think we all know the story about Joseph and his brothers. And Joseph was the baby. And it specifically states in the, um, in the, the word, Genesis, um, actually verse two, Joseph was, um, well, actually verse three, it says that Joseph was the favorite of all his, his father's children. So I don't know if anyone can relate um, in regarding to family matters of maybe you were the favorite child or maybe there was a favorite child within your family or maybe you know of a circumstance or situation where someone was favored. Sometimes that can cause family discord, but um, this wasn't necessarily Joseph's fault. Um, he was a 17-year-old boy. And so um, his father favored him and it specifically states that his father um, gave him a, a, a a tunic of multicolors. So if you could just imagine with me, I, I, I looked at it from the eyes of practicality of now. And I'm thinking about, um, you know, a, a young guy it, later in the scripture, it says that he was handsome and, um, and that he had um, the flashy clothes. He was, he was the favorite. And so, you know, he was the baby, he was his father's baby and he was his mother's only son at the time. And so he probably was, he probably was pretty annoying. You know, they all were young. Um, he was the youngest at 17. So the other brothers were older than him. And so he probably was a bit annoying, but he probably got away with a lot of stuff. And um, it also says in the story that um, when the older brothers went out to tend the flock, that he, actually Joseph was behind. And so he may have not been able, to, he may have not been assigned some of the responsibilities. You know how young kids do, you know how the favorite of the family is. Um, they get all kinds of favoritism and they get all kinds of uh, passes. And um, I'm just imagining that. So I'm kind of trying to set the stage and set the tone for maybe the, the perspective that the brothers were, were looking at him from. Um, and even to the point of, it says, that um, he, one of the first things it said about Joseph was that he was out um, and he was feeding the flock with his brothers and he ended up going back and telling his father something bad about the brother. So first of all, he was a snitch or an, a, another thing about it is that he was a snitch and that um, when he had a dream, so he had this dream come to him about um, his, his, his brothers at first, and then he had a second dream. But what I took from the dream is that that um, shows that he was prophetic. And I know that we have learned here in the conservatory that um, we may have gifts and we may operate in our gifts, but if we are immature, sometimes we don't use those gifts in the right way. And so he 
um, allowed his dream. He shared his dream with his brothers, but the scripture states, um, actually in the amplified version, it definitely says that he was arrogant about the way he presented it. And um, if you can imagine a child or a, a person or in your family that you already find annoying, they already, you know, seem to be the one to get away with everything, they get on your nerves. And now he's telling you that he's had this dream and he knows it. He probably can feel and sense that there is that they don't like him, but he probably doesn't care because he probably knows he's the favorite. And so he wants to share this his dream with them. And of course, in the dream, it states that they were out collecting sheaves and his sheaves stood upright and that they would end up bowing down to him. So that made them even madder. And so um, his brothers got to the point where they hated him and they couldn't even speak with him um, in a friendly manner, the scripture says. So they they actually hated him. So if you could just just imagine with me getting to the point where you can't stand. I mean, that's some pretty steep um, anger. That's some pretty steep um, trauma, um, you know, discord in the home to get to the point where you hate someone. But then also we know that when they went out, when the uh, the other brothers went out to, um, to tend the flock and Joseph was left home, that he uh, went the father sent him to check on them. When they saw him coming, they plotted to kill him. They, they plotted to, uh, to kill him and just to be rid of him. And, but then the oldest brother named Reuben said, let's not kill him, but how about we just throw him in the pit? Now his other brother, his oldest brother, Reuben was, he was concerned basically that if he, if he, his he he was him being the oldest brother he was likely responsible for making sure that his other brothers were safe and everybody came home unharmed so he asked where should i go if we kill him then where am i going to go and let's not kill him and have that sin and have that blood on our hands how about we just uh take his clothes off of him and put him in this pit but reuben had a plan to go back and return him to the father. So Reuben wasn't in on the plot to kill him, but Reuben probably was a part of, he probably was annoyed with him as well. And the scripture also says that they envied him. So it wasn't necessarily so much that they, he was, uh, they were annoyed with him it was, it was far beyond that. They envied him. They probably envied him of his dreams, of his, his prophetic nature. Um, and um, they just hated him to the point of really wanting him dead. And uh, so they, so Reuben was persuasive enough to, to get them, keep them from killing him and that they ended up, um, uh, you know, the story, they ended up tearing his tunic and killing a beast and putting the blood on it, taking it back to the father. And the father was grieved. And, um, you know, so they, they took it back. And I realized that necessarily they did not um, tell the father that a, a wild beast had uh, had ravished and killed him rather than the father in the scripture that I read said that he he assumed based off of the, uh, the the way the clothes were and that the um, the blood was upon the tunic. So, so now we have Joseph in the pit in the pit, but then they take him out and then they end up selling him. So they feel like you know it's more Judah says it's more profitable to sell him rather than kill him. So that reminds me that they still even though they put him in the pit, they were still thinking about killing him. They were just kind of holding him there um, for a while and they were still thinking about killing him. So they really just want to get rid of Joseph. That's it. They just want him gone. So they sell him off 
and they sell him off and he is taken to Egypt and he becomes a slave um, in, into Egypt to the Pharaoh. And so we know the story where he, uh, he is uh, put into prison and he has favor and his favor um, gets him uh, to Pharaoh's home. And then, um, then there was some, some situations that went down where he was accused of trying to, um, when Pharaoh left him to, um, to be um, in charge over his possessions and over his home. And he was accused by Pharaoh's wife who was trying to come on to him but he was wrongfully accused and then he was put into prison again. And then, so throughout the scripture, it says the Lord was with Joseph. So even though he's going through the most horrible time, I mean, I couldn't imagine being uh, sold into slavery by my brothers who really wanted to kill me at first, but now I'm sold into slavery. So I'm grateful to be alive, but now you are at 17 or maybe not too not too much older than 17, um, being sold into slavery, you're, you're, um, you're, you've gone to prison, you're in Egypt, you're out of your land, you're not with your mother, you're not with your family, you're not with your father. And so he's, he grew up in Egypt, but the Lord was with Joseph and Joseph prospered and he persevered. And it wasn't necessarily an easy, uh, easy street for Joseph. It was, it was a tumultuous, uh, time for Joseph, but he persevered. And so what I want to, and, and when the story shifts, when I realized the shift about it, um, it, it blessed me. Um, and this, um, I want to go to Genesis 41, um, verse 50, starting at verse 50. And this um, is Joseph is now he's he's married. The Pharaoh gave him um, a, a wife to marry. And then he has two children. And it states that um, Joseph and to Joseph were born two sons before the years of famine came. And the years of famine were, um, if you know the story, that Pharaoh had a dream and he had a dream about um, years of plenty, seven years of plenty and seven years of famine. And Joseph prophesied to, um, well, interpreted the dream. I would say he interpreted the dream of Pharaoh to Pharaoh. And then Pharaoh appointed him over um, in charge. He pretty much made him his um, his uh, a manager, his financial manager. So um, so Joseph, you know, he, he took that role and then he was able to get married and he had two children. So Joseph is going on with his life. He's, he's prospering. He's going on with his life. And so it says, Joseph and to Joseph were born two sons before the years of famine came, whom Asenath, the daughter of Potipharah, priest of An, bore to him. Joseph called the name of the firstborn Manasseh, for God has made me forget all my toil and all my father's house. And the name of the second he called Ephraim, for God has caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. So each of those, um, he named each of his children after his circumstances. One was the circumstance that he said, for God has made me forget all my toll at my father's house. So this, I, I, of course, it was unforgettable what his brother did to him. But I think this was a turning point, or it, he probably had a had already had the turning point, but this was a point where I realized 
that Joseph had sought to forgive his brothers. He, he did not want to hold any ill will against them for what they did to him, um, perhaps because he was now prospering and that he had been favored by God. And that even though um, his circumstances were, were not the best circumstances, he, he kind of came through because of the favor of God. He came through um, not as bad as, as some other people may have been. He had, his, his life had been spared. And of course he'd been in prison, but he had favor everywhere he went. And so his favor had caused him to elevate and, and continue to prosper until he got to this place. And so, and, and also he said, his second born son, Ephraim said, for God has caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. So he realized that this isn't the, his, his homeland. This is the land where he was sent to, to suffer. And he, he did suffer, but, um, but he, he's trying to forgive that. And so these are his, his remembrances. These are his, his named his children as his memorials. So he, he has come through a lot, but he has forgotten the, the, um, all of the, the issues that he had, or he is trying to forget he's forgiving. That's where I got out of that, that he's forgiving and he's seeking out his healing in this, in this place. And so, um, Just a second. I'm sorry. Let me get my notes together. So after he has his son's name, so I'm moving along through the story now. Um, and so now the, the famine has come and the brothers in the land of Canaan are um, and his family are suffering because of the famine. So Jacob sends his sons to Egypt because he realizes in Egypt that they have um they have uh, grain and they are prospering. So they, Egypt is the place to be able to get um, in the famine that you can, you can buy food. So Joseph sends his sons, of course, and um, maybe perhaps you know the story that when the, so, the sons come, they don't realize that Joseph is the one who's actually um, in charge of selling the grain. And what blesses me about it is... Um, that Joseph realized his brothers. He recognized his brothers when they came and they're coming to buy grain, but they don't recognize him. And perhaps because, you know, it's been, uh, Joseph went before Pharaoh when he was at age 30. So it's been at least 13 years. So, um, he, he was 17 when the story started and he was uh, 30 when he went before Pharaoh. So it's been at least a minimum of 13 years since they've seen their brother. And um, so when they come before him, this is a time that I don't know about anybody else, but I, I thought to myself, you know, this was the point where he really could have gotten revenge, um, which is not of God at all. Um, but this, you know, just being realistic, sometimes people think that this is your time to get someone back, but that's not the way that, that, that Joseph went. That is not, that was not his heart. Now, um, when reading through the scripture, I realized that Joseph gave him a hard time. He asked them, you know, why did they come? He called them spies. He was saying, you know, you just come in to be nosy. You just come in to see the, the nakedness of the land. You just come in to see if we got famine too. And they were, they were, you know, saying to him, no, we're actually here to get food. We are all, you know, we're not spies. We're all men of, of, of one man. And, you know, then they start to talk about how there was another, uh, there was another son left behind and that the father didn't send the son to, um, 
didn't send his son, but they had to go back to him. And so Joseph kind of gives them a hard time and he makes them promise to go get the son to prove that they're not spies. And ultimately he brings the son back and the son that he brought back is Benjamin. And when I thought about that, um, I, I was I was wondering why he wanted he was he wanted them to bring Benjamin to him. And um, but then as the story goes on, I realized that Benjamin was actually uh, the youngest brother and uh, Joseph never met Benjamin. So in the scriptures. It says. That. Um, well, I'll, I'll just finish telling you the, uh, well, I'll just finish going through the rest of the story. So um, if we fast forward through the story, so Joseph, when the brothers come back with Benjamin and he realizes that, you know, that he knows that they're, they are his brothers, but he just wanted the proof that they had another brother. So when Benjamin comes and Joseph realizes that this is his brother of his mother and his father, um, he reveals his, he ended up, he ends up revealing himself to them. And one of the things that I realized throughout in the scriptures is that Joseph was, he was, even though he had his healing, he still was hurting, but he was working through his hurt because a number of times in the scripture, it states that he wept and he, he remained composed. Um, when he was, you know, strategically trying to get the information, he wanted to know if his father was still living and he got to see his brother and he wanted to know, he wanted, I think he really wanted to make sure that his brothers were not out to do him any evil, any harm. I think he really wanted to make sure that his brothers were, uh, you know, maybe even better people and that they weren't the same people that he had dealt with when he was younger. And so I believe that he put them through a number of tests. He put them through a little bit of a hard time. But he didn't, to me, I don't think it was out of vengeance. I think it was out of him just trying to get some, some um, assurity and security. But Joseph worked it out through himself and he sought his healing. He wept. And then when he finally revealed himself to his brothers, they were astonished that he was the one that they, um, he, that he was who he was. When he revealed himself to them, they were astonished. And so they couldn't even speak. And then, um, and then the, so the scripture says that um, I'm in Genesis 45, um, verse three. It says, then Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph, does my father still live? But his brothers could not answer him for they were dismayed in his presence. And Joseph said to his brothers, please come near to me. So they came near. Then he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into Egypt. But do not therefore be grieved or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. For these two years, the famine has been in the land and there are still five years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvesting. And God sent me before you to preserve a posterity for you in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. That verse right there, those verses right there, really helped me to understand that Joseph had forgiven his brothers before they even came, before he realized that they were even suffering. 
And before he realized his family was even suffering, he had forgiven his brothers. He had sought for his healing. He was not angry with them. He did not want to get revenge on them. He wanted reconciliation with them. And he got reconciliation with them. And he says, and I'm going to repeat the scripture, and God sent me before you to prefer to preach to preserve a posterity for you in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So he knew that he was on assignment and he went before them, even though it wasn't the pathway that he would have chosen. It wasn't an easy pathway. It, it wasn't a pathway that um, that probably maybe even God didn't design it to go that way because he, he suffered and he had a, a lot of a family trauma go against him. However, he persevered, he strived, and he was able to save his family's life. In the end, he was able to come forth and save his family's life for they were suffering from the famine. And so that's what I wanted to, um, to, to bring to you about this story this evening. Um, I wanted to highlight to you how Joseph apprehended his healing without anybody even apologizing to him, without, without them having to have a, uh, a come to Jesus meeting. Nobody asked him for forgiveness. He just gave forgiveness freely. He, asked, he apprehended prosperity because he, he um, persevered throughout all of his trials. He persevered and the favor of God was with him, but there still was effort that Joseph had to put forth because it could have been easy for Joseph to give up. It could have been easy for Joseph to feel worthless. It could have been easy for him to take his circumstances and say, you know, this is what has been done to me and feel sorry for himself and just feel like, you know, he'd been dealt a terrible hand and that maybe he could have felt like he, he wasn't supposed to prosper because, you know, every, his family seemed to be against him. Um, he apprehended his peace. He had to have peace of mind to be able to focus and to be able to grow. And he made peace even before his brothers came to Egypt. He made peace with them, which in turn, he, he let them know, I forgive you. They didn't ask him for forgiveness. He said, I forgive you. Don't trouble yourself with, 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 un, with thinking that you did me something wrong, because look how God has turned this around for all of our good. And um, to, I wanted to encourage you to remember that God is with you always, always, even in his toughest moments, God was with Joseph and he, he used that, um, he went with that, he persevered through that. And so he prospered through understanding and knowing that God was with him. The favor of God was with Joseph. So I want to encourage you, do not be so focused on what has happened to you. Be strategic, be determined to make the best of it and be the best because of it. And that's what I wanted to share. Wow, can you guys hear me? Um, thank you, thank you, thank you so much, Veru. 